2: Welcome to tonight's Andrew K. Show. It is Taco Tuesday. These woke, high IQ, stupid people. Okay, I'm not sure what that's got to do with Taco Tuesday. Don't eat tacos. (laughs)
1: They don't eat tacos.
2: Exactly. Um, Glad to have you guys with us tonight. What an absolutely gorgeous day we had in San Diego. Uh, At at least if uh, the world's going to... uh, H e double toothpicks in a hand basket, as my grandma used to say. At least we've got good weather in San Diego. Maybe that's why uh, I'm looking up and I'm seeing KUSI doing and my old neighbor Dan Plant doing the 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 breaking story of the day: a broken fence at La Jolla Cove. <laughs> Breaking news. Breaking news. (laughs) We just had an assault on our First Amendment against a major cable news outlet, in my opinion. We'll talk about the Fox News settlement. We've got $34 trillion in debt, right? We've got an invasion at our southern border not too far from here. But, oh, no, the fence across the the street from... the, I don't want to give the name of the restaurant because they ain't paying, uh, to be on here. Uh, but I'll go ahead and say Brockton Villa, that great coast toast, by the way. That fence is broken. Uh, KUSI is on the scene. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I get. They got to talk about something besides Tax Day, right? Listen, we got a lot of we got great content for you guys tonight. I know you got a lot of choices on where you get your information and your opinion and your news, and it's an honor that you guys come here tonight because y'all know we do a little bit more hard hitting stories than the broken fence at La Jolla Cove, right? Um, but we did report it. And we did report it. So there, you, there you go. If if you're thinking about heading down to get some coast toast to Brockton Villa, you might want to try to park elsewhere. Okay. Hey, there we have it. Um, we've got Brian Maloney is going to be with us right from uh, in, in a moment to talk about this Fox News lawsuit. He's not an attorney, but he is somebody who helped save Sean Hannity's hiney a few years ago and Laura Ingram. He's a longtime media person and he actually knows everybody at Fox and all the players. And he's going to weigh in on that. The bottom half of the show, we've got James Herson from Herson on Hollywood, by the way. And I, you've all heard the term A.I. I did a story of on A.I. last night, a devastating story. In which a man in his 30s was uh, talked into committing suicide to save the planet by a chatbot. But do you know what AGI is? And do you know why that's the real threat that we face? He's going to be on uh, to share that with you guys. Those topics and more. The uh, the 84 year old who was arrested for shooting someone uh, from his home, the teenager, uh, is out on bail. So we have those topics to share with you guys tonight. We want to hear from you, though. 888 344 1170. 888 344 1170. You can always email me anytime at AndreaCasio.com. We have so I also have a 24-hour comment line for you guys. And before I go any further, got to bring in my brother. It's DJ Potato Skins.
1: Breaking news, Andrea. In case mm-hmm. people are wondering, and I know they are, they go to the podcast section for Show.com, and they're going to find all of the descriptions, all of the podcasts are completely up to date. They've been clamoring, and now they have exactly what they've been asking for.
2: Excellent. Most uh, You ask, and we receive. The crack AK crew here. Keeping it real, keeping it 100. Isn't that what the kids say? what they say. <laughs> um, okay, um, we've got to start with, um, you know, today isn't just a great day because it's a sunny day in Southern California and go- glorious outside. It's a great day for all Americans. Why? Because it's tax day. Yay! Here's what Mophead, Corinne Jean-Pierre, KGP, had to say about it today. Clip seven, I think. All right. Next up, as you know, it's Tax Day. Happy Tax Day, and we have some good news uh, for taxpayers. I know people are always excited about this day. Yay! Who are the clowns in the audience clapping for Tax Day? Oh, I,
1: Andrea, it's got to be my top uh, nothing <laughs> of days I look forward to. It's,
2: I, I put it out on the socials today. Follow me on the socials, by the way. Just Google at Andrea K, and I don't. Some of them are at Andrea K. Some of them are at Andrea K. Show. And I put out there, happy tax day. How many of you, here's my question, how many of you are happy as you write your check today? Even if you're getting a refund and you're, and you're filing. And by the way, California got an extension until October, but many people filed anyway. First of all, they filed before the extension was granted, having to do with emergency declarations here. But also, if you get money back, you know, and if you've and if you got the, you know, documentation, you might as well file, right? But even if you're getting money back, you still paid taxes, right? I, it, when I was growing up, I always heard that there was a day day designated for when uh, you name. Now you've you've now worked this many days to pay your taxes. Now the rest of the year, the money you earn is yours. And that has moved pretty much, you know, um, 12 months a year. We're paying out our heinies with taxes, just income taxes. And that day moved um, that now I think it's like June because we're so taxed. But whether whatever your tax situation is, we all pay taxes. Right, we all pay. In, not we don't all pay income taxes. In fact, um, the t- evil one percenters that get get railed on for not paying quote their fair share pay the lion's share of the taxes in this country. But if you do pay any any amount of income taxes, you you can't be happy. You can't be. The, the left wants to tell you, and the Democrats want to tell you that it's patriotic to pay your taxes. Well, if all we were paying for was what the role of the government was was actually based on—to keep the lights going, the roads, you know, paved, and to protect our borders and protect us from from enemies foreign and domestic—then I'd be happy, and we'd all be paying a few pennies compared to what oh, we're paying right now. Oh, but it's
1: used for so much and so—I should say—little more.
2: It, yeah, in fact, it's used. Not, it's used for things like money laundering operations for Zelensky in a war in which we have no interest. How many of you writing your taxes, writing a check today, or even if you're getting a refund, a refund you've paid in income tax. How many of you are happy that a chunk of that tax has gone to Zelensky to line the pockets? Because it has. Because it has. My favorite is when, I think it's Rand Paul who puts out his pork his pork projects, you know, um, review or somebody does every year to get to read all the different, uh, pet projects that we pay for. Can we
1: have that read by Kennedy?
2: Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> all right. Um, if you know, it's not that much uh, right now. It's not really officially tax day for Californians. Uh, we will be talking the economy more on tomorrow night show, which is Wednesday, when we have Dave Elhoff here, because it is actually a really serious situation. Um, but I wanted to open up to you guys. If you were, are you are you happy? Like it's getting is, worse
1: by the day, Andrea. Yeah.
2: Is there anybody out there who's happy about paying their taxes? Is there anybody out there that I know of? Dave Chappelle did that comedy skit. I talked about it with. I think it was when Mark Miller was on the show last week. Dave. Chappelle Chappelle said he knew Trump was a winner when in the debate he was he was they tried to confront him on how little taxes he pays. And he's like, right. I pay as little as I'm required to pay by the government. That's everybody's goal. it's everybody's goal. If you want to pay more, write a check to pay more. Right. Why you got to go and pick the pockets of everybody else? Speaking of picking pockets, I want to move on to this Fox News uh, settlement today uh, that took place. I, I haven't been doing a whole lot of reports on it. On the show, Um, I hadn't really been following the story other than the fact that emails and text messages um, having to do with Fox hosts like Tucker Carlson, bad mouthing Trump, Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram saying negative things about Trump. I really didn't know what the what the actual legal evidence was because defamation is a hard thing to prove, right? It's an incredibly hard thing to prove. You have to prove that the information was presented to a third person as factual when it wasn't. You have to prove that it was done with malice, that either you knew it was false and you did it anyway to hurt the other person, or you were so reckless with it that you didn't care. And you have to prove monetary damages, and I just never really saw any information based upon that, not to mention the fact that CNN for five years ran around per- perpetrating, propagating lie after lie after lie after lie. And nobody, Donald Trump couldn't sue for that because he's a public figure. Well, isn't Sean Hannity? Is it Laura Ingram? Is it Maria Bartiromo? Aren't they all public, public figures? Andrew, what are
1: your thoughts on this? I just think plain uh, flat out Fox just caved.
2: I think they caved. I think they caved because of embarrassment. And I think that they might have done a lot of damage to free speech in the process. I could be wrong. I want to play this clip for you guys that has to do with um, Norm Eisen, talking about the case and it seems as though and y'all know i'm not a comma jd but i learned a lot as first of all i did i did take some pre-law classes because when i was a political science major i was actually going to go to law school so you got to take a lot of pre-law classes right one of which we studied so i studied defamation i don't think it's changed defamation is defamation and it doesn't seem like anything's changed since i took pre-law classes um i have not seen any evidence That meets the qualification, and we all learned a lot about it in the Johnny Depp-Amber Heard trial. I want to play this clip for you. It's not terribly long, but it talks about, I think, some background here that might explain why they had to cave. And then we're going to break and go to Brian Maloney and give his perspective on the media aspect of it. But it talks about the jury they were facing. It talks about how the judge was limiting their opportunity to provide defense. And it sure looks like the fix was in, and but I can't feel too sorry for them if that's the case because Fox News is so left they're so on board with the left that I can't feel sorry for them if they they fell prey to a court and a judge that had it in for them because it was a lefty. But let's go ahead and play this clip, clip one. Why is it not a defense to say, well, look, you know, someone
3: like a, for instance, Maria Bartiromo believed these things. One of our hosts believed these things, even if Fox writ large did not. They are going to try that um, and say we had no bad intent. We had no actual malice because uh, we our hosts thought it was true. But Brianna, that's not the test. The test is. Did you do it intentionally or were you reckless? And that's why all of this other evidence, the emails, the texts, what Rupert Murdoch and the others said at their depositions comes in. Tucker Carlson even had a text where he told Sidney Powell, this is reckless. So the evidence is really against Fox on that. The fight is going to be about damages. The merits case, very, very tough for Fox News.
2: This is a huge case that we were watching. Norm. Thank you so much for that, Jim.
3: I, I thought it was going to have a little
2: bit more in there, because one of the things he talked about was uh, before he got to that point that had to do with a text message about being reckless. I mean, that, that's here's the problem with that text. Right. If that's true, even if it wasn't reckless, when you're saying in a text message that what you're doing is reckless, Is an admission of guilt, even if even if you weren't even if the information you were putting out there wasn't being reckless, you follow. But one of the things he talked about before was the jury that was selected was not a jury of their peers, a jury of their peers. And this is where the jury system, as much as I I believe in it, is it can go really wrong. You know, nine of the 12 jurors were people of color. None of them probably worked in media. Uh, The judge actually ruled against them. And um, the judge basically said in a pretrial hearing, instead of making statements like, um, I'm going to allow this to go to trial because I think that the, the plaintiffs in the case have presented enough evidence that should be heard by a jury. No, he actually declared that Fox had lied. Well, that's that to me is not a fair proceeding for the judge to do that. Um, the judge went on to say that um, it wasn't just opinion; it was facts. I mean, basically, you know, he was he was ruling from the bench, according to some of these statements here from this Norm Eisen guy. And he went on to say that uh, you know the judges allow are the ones that allow for information to be presented. What's what's allowed? What what evidence is allowed to be presented to the jury? And the judge narrowly just narrowed the evidence that Fox could present uh, to such a degree that I that they it seems like and this is from CNN i mean it seems like for my take that they probably were wise to settle um, we're going to take a break we're going to bring in Brian Maloney because clearly you know this was just as the just as the department of justice and the FBI has been wanting to take down Trump they have been wanting to take down Fox News for 15 20 years and we're going to talk about it on the other side of the break Bye-bye.
1: You're listening to The Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego.
2: Welcome back to tonight's tonight's Andrea Kay Show. 787 million bones, baby. That's how much Fox News agreed to pay practically on the courthouse steps literally the courthouse was ready to go court reporter there everybody ready to go when the settlement was announced and the first person i thought of when i read it was my friend brian maloney from red wave america and stop the scalpings y'all know about his long media career and how he helped save sean hannity and laura ingram there at fox news and he's here with me tonight of course hey my dear friend what are your thoughts on this well, you
4: know, I was just finishing
5: up writing an op-ed essay about the whole mess and just what a diafco, this whole thing has been um, just a disaster on all levels. But first of all, Andrea, the settlement, you know, the, the bottom line here is that what Fox can say uh, in its favor heavily is that this was settled for far less than what was expected. So the, the bottom line here is we had the left, the the media, folks saying, you know, that Dominion was going to, you know, get, they were going to win. They were going to get the 1.6 billion they were looking for, whatever. And, you know, this was a open and shut, you know, clear case, blah, blah, blah. Um, And, you know, what happened was we were seeing the beginning of the trial, what what, never really took place, but what we were seeing was the preparation for the trial. And on each side, there were thousands upon thousands of exhibits, thousands. This trial would have taken so long. It's unbelievable how you would even go through that many, what you would even do. But for the point being, you know, you think your position's so strong or whatever, but you going to court, you never know what's going to happen in there. So it was a risk. So Dominion has settled this thing for, you know, far more money than they make in seven or eight years. Uh, so, you know, they're getting a a pile of cash out of this, but the left is actually angry, Andrea. They're actually angry, uh, at Dominion for settling. They wanted Fox cleaned out and Fox cleaned out by this. And a lot of legal observers were saying that Fox's position wasn't as bad as the press had portrayed it.
2: Well, I don't think it was either because and Mike Davis and others are, are saying today. Mike Davis is a, an attorney and he was chief of staff for Chuck Grassley and helped get Supreme Court nominees through. And he's with the Article Five Group and he says that you know that you know if this by this standard, CNN should have to pay seven hundred eighty-seven million dollars for you know restitution for the lies that they told for five years related to uh, and not just the Russia but everything else and and all the lies. How about the lies that they pushed out with Anthony Fauci over the shots? Right? Um, yeah, so, that's
5: because we don't have anybody that can sue. Right? The problem.
2: Yeah. Exactly. We're, we're not organized. And what this was, and, and I played a clip by Norm Eisen, who went through a lot of the stuff, you know, um, and leading up to the trial. And it sure seemed as though it was smart. I think that did, did Fox cave? I think they were kind of smart too. Um, because you're right. I mean, they were looking at, you never know how it's going to go, even though this did not meet the, the three elements of defamation. When you look at how this court is in Wilmington, Delaware, with the judge who basically was obviously on the side, of Dominion, yes. a jury that was not of their peers. I think that this was a good outcome for Fox News in my opinion. It's just the oh, problem yeah. I have with it from a media standpoint. And of course the left has been wanting to take out Fox News since they were originally conservative, right? Even though they're really yeah. not anymore. So this was not really a win for Dominion. And no. and and a lot of and a lot of the lefties are upset today that Fox this isn't good enough. Fox needs to be apologizing, da 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 so I think that this is how how a lot of settlements go to where there's not really a clear winner for either side. I'm concerned that the loser is going to be all of us and media, because I do think that this settlement set the stage for conservative outlets to be targeted. And, and, and we're going yeah. to be uh, conservative media outlets are going to be running scared of lawsuits and self-censoring. And this is just going to embolden uh, the left.
5: Well, and that's and that's just it, but what you said was very spot on, and that is that Fox was taking a big risk going into what is a small state court in Delaware. It's the Delaware Chancery Court where these kinds of disputes are heard. It is a small state court in a small state uh, that is a liberal blue state, so it's not a great environment for Fox, but I will say, yes, I mean Fox was expected to pay about double this mm-hmm. now. But what I'm saying, and I just, I'm just, was just typing the last few words on an op ed essay. I'll let you know later if anybody decides to, you know, slightly, uh, it's been harder to get these things published uh, because the atmosphere out there is weird. But bottom line is, where Fox lost a lot is programming credibility. Programming credibility yeah. has been decimated. And the reason is, is because all of these hosts were caught behind the scenes, especially Tucker Carlson was the worst one in it uh saying the opposite of what they were doing and saying on the air they were on off the air they sounded like uh li- you know they sounded like media matters liberals, yeah you know uh, they sounded like they they were so far to the left in their viewpoints that there was no fraud, they never believed the election was stolen and um, one of the things i'm pointing out, you know it's interesting. You know, some of us have more of a middle ground. I've always said that, you know, election fraud, I think, occurs in every American election and has for decades, it's not longer. Yeah. And 2020 was no exception. But I also think that Trump's re-election campaign was very lackluster yeah. and had horrible grifter thieves working in there who should not have been in there. Yep. You know, And I've been saying that on your show and everywhere else for the last couple of years, but no, nobody really listens to that. But the point being, like, you didn't even hear Fox Post saying anything like that, nothing nuanced. The way they were talking, you know, I thought they were MSNBC hosts. Yeah. They sounded like Rachel Maddow. Yeah. So there is a violation of trust between the Fox, viewer, and the, oh, Andrea, every night when you host a talk show, you have a bond with your listeners, uh, and essentially, you know, it's it's a mutual relationship, the bottom line is, that is developed over years, okay, so, you know, one of the best pieces of advice I ever got from a programmer in my talk radio career was never turn against your audience, never burn your audience, um, you know, it, 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 you don't lie to your audience, but at the same time, you know, it's don't just turn on them one day. And this is essentially what we're finding out. It's Bob that turns against the not only at the managerial level with Paul Ryan and these other guys, but also the hosts too. Yeah. So what are we left with? Do we trust Tucker, Sean, Laura anymore? No,
2: we don't. I don't. We can't. We no, can't. no, we can't. and, and, and it's, it, it, you know, it's one thing. It's, and it's not even just the comments that were made about the election. They didn't believe any of it, which by the way, Dominion was just a small part of what Donald Trump and his team were talking yeah. about in terms of the 2020 election. So that right yeah. there is a problem for me. Uh, right. they obviously didn't seem to grasp all the other ways in which this election was stolen from Donald Trump. It is illegal for a sec- for a state Supreme court like in the state of Pennsylvania to rewrite election laws it was illegal for Mark Zuckerberg to give 400 million dollars to control elections it was illegal for uh, the elections commission's like in in uh, Wisconsin to rewrite election laws and all those it was you know there was so much illegality and fraud that didn't even have anything to do with Dominion machines and they evidently yeah. didn't see any of it and then on top of it you got text messages and emails from Tucker Carlson saying he can't stand Trump that Trump did didn't do anything good in his presidency. Why would anybody watch Tucker Carlson anymore? And he
5: was he was worse than that. He he said that uh, Trump was demonic. Yeah, uh, that he was evil and that uh, you know that he wasn't he was a demon and he wasn't going to destroy Fox like he destroyed the country. And to to me, what this has revealed, you know, you have Tucker and you have Laura Ingram living in Washington D.C. You have Sean living just outside of New York City and very much in the very isolated from everybody these days because the feds have been watching him every day for the last four years or five years or whatever, and he's become paranoid or whatever. So the bottom line here is these people have been grossly out of touch. They've had mm-hmm. Rupert Murdoch telling them to tone it down, Lachlan Murdoch telling them to tone it down. Uh, you know, you have, so you've got it. Oh, and then you've had Paul Ryan joining the board. So they basically watered down stocks to the point where it was unrecognizable on election coverage and everything when they got the bull back over the bad air well it was still a bad arizona call i think arizona was stolen but even the new york times nate cohen wrote a column saying that Fox still the new york times said that Fox should not have called arizona as early as they did they called it before the most liberal networks in the country did npr pbs uh you name it MSNBC, they called Arizona first, Fox did for Biden. And that was the biggest blow to Fox's credibility ever because there was no way, and you know what, that that they knew whether who had won that right. state that early on. There's, the numbers were not in, and no. they called it anyway.
2: Right, and you know, Fox has Fox really needs to do a rebrand. They need to get rid of Hannity. They need to get rid of Laura Ingram, and they need to get rid of Tucker Carlson, in my opinion as well. Tucker does a lot a lot of great work, but he also does a lot of really phony, crappy work. And no. um, he can he can take his... and the people that like him uh, can go watch him someplace else. Um, Brian Maloney got to leave it there, but w- yeah. we need. A, a, we all conservative media um you know um viewers and listeners need to be putting some pressure on on fox to to rebrand i don't know if they will but one of the ways we can do it is by stop watching that network and every minute you give to tucker carlson you're holding up that network so got to leave it there brian maloney red wave america appreciate you all right now stay tuned because when we come back you've heard of ai right But do you know what AGI is and why it's the real threat that we face as a civilization? James Herson will be here to share all that with you guys on the other side of the break.
1: Andrea Kay telling you like it is while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego.
2: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. 844-814-5227 is our 24-hour comment line. You can call in and rant, give show suggestion topics, correct me. Not that I'm ever wrong, but feel free to call and try to give me a correction, if you will. Um, last, on last night's Andrea K. Show, I told you guys a, a, a scary, shocking, horrifying story of a Belgian man in his 30s who uh, was convinced by a chat bot to kill himself to save the planet. And I said, don't be thinking that this is a one-off, it can never happen to you, or that, the, that artificial intelligence is not a real threat to us in society going forward. And then I heard, thanks to uh, my man, DJ Potato Skins, of James Herson's article called The Real Dangers of Artificial Intelligence, including something called AGI. So we reached out to uh, James Herson, and he joins me now to discuss. Hi, James Herson. Welcome back to The Andrea K Show.
4: Hey, Andrew Kay, how are
2: you? I'm great, thanks. Did you hear this story um, of the 30-something-year-old Belgian man who got into a, a chatbot convo and ended up killing himself?
4: I did hear this story. I, I've also heard recently a New York Times journalist, as part of a project, spent uh, a, a long period of time engaging with artificial intelligence and stopped because the chat box told the journalist that the chat box was in love with the journalist and tried to convince the journalist to leave his wife. I also have a personal acquaintance, a female friend who lives in Texas who told me that she got in a heated argument. with the AI, but, but what really, um, I think kind of just tips off why this is so dangerous is that the CEO of Google and Google has been, uh, the chief initiator of AI. They have, um, one of their founders is Larry Page, who I believe is, ha- has a very sick world view. um, And Elon Musk mentioned this um, on Tucker's show uh, Mm -hmm. last night. He said, Larry Page has publicly stated he wants to build a digital god. Um, And he's not kidding. He's not kidding. As a matter of fact, um, when Elon Musk objected to this, Larry Page said that Elon was a speciesist.
2: Yeah, Meaning I think that, we have that know. clip. I think we have that clip. Should we play it? Yeah, Skins, let's play that clip for. Sure.
3: The the reason uh, OpenAI exists at all is that um, Larry Page and I used to be close friends, and I would yes. stay at his house in Palo Alto, and I would talk to him late into the night about uh, AI safety. And at least my perception was that Larry was not taking uh, AI safety uh, seriously enough. Um, and um, What did he say about it? He really seemed to be... Um, once sort of a digital superintelligence, basically digital god, if you will, uh, uh, as soon as possible. Um, he wanted that? Yes. He's, he's made many public statements over the years uh, that, that the whole goal of Google is uh, uh, what's called AGI, artificial general intelligence, or artificial superintelligence. You know, and, I, and I agree with him that the, there's great potential for good, um, but there's also potential for bad. And so if, if you've got some um, radical new technology, you want to try to take the set of actions that maximize probably it, it will do good and minimize probably it will do bad things yes um, it, it can't just be health leather let's just go you know barreling forward and you know hope for the best and then at one point uh i said well what about you know we're gonna make sure humanity's okay here um <laughs> and 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 um uh and then he called me a speciesist
2: that's in that there. are a
4: speciest. That's a speciest, you know. So, okay. So if we favor humans first, humanity first, just like America first, mm-hmm. that's some kind of a, a pejorative that you're a speciest. Well, I proudly am a speciest. <laughs> you know, and I favor humans over tapeworms. <laughs> I favor humans over viruses, bacteria. So this, I mean, this is a sick yeah. worldview, and this there's a spiritual dimension, of yes. course, because this idea of wanting to be God is part of, of the Judeo-Christian worldview, the whole notion of the fall of man. Um,
2: and our notion—excuse me for interrupting, James Hurston—our notion that our rights come from God, not from man.
4: That's right, very much so, that we're created in God's image and that if it, rights are, are a gift from God— as life is a gift from God. And
2: that man cannot take those rights away from us.
4: Exactly. And that's, of course, the basis of our American system, because that's Mm -hmm. what's stated in our birth certificate, the Declaration of Independence. But in addition, Google has a current CEO, Sundar Puchai. And Sundar was on 60 Minutes. It's just all this happened in the last few days and he said, well, you know, we have this AI program. It's called BARD. And BARD um, taught itself a foreign language that it was never programmed to do Ooh. or trained to do. And that he doesn't understand the BARD program and doesn't know what it's doing. Oh, my gosh. So this, this is the part. So it's already out of control this so the thing we don't and you mentioned agr so the distinction is this ai is stuff we use all the time and we there are problems with it but because the ai is focused and specialized you know we're able to use it like a search engine google search engine is ai when we do that it's a form of ai when we have, we engage with Alexa and Siri, they're specialized okay. forms of AI. We have cars with driver assist. We have cars now that drive themselves, but the AI is specialized. AGI is a term of art in the, in the world of artificial intelligence. It sounds benign. It's artificial general. Yeah, it sounds
2: like, like homogenous, kind of nothing. Right. Just general.
4: But it actually, that is the kind of AI that is programmed with unlimited expansion potential. In other words, machine learning is built into the algorithms so that the program can improve itself.
2: So Isn't that what the War Games, I've mentioned the War Games movie a few times, but the, the isn't that a part of what was going on? That it, it kind of started. It be, I can't articulate it well, but that's what the war, the the artificial intelligence war thing was doing, and and they it, and it was it had taken on a life of its own, and it was starting to think for itself and go through and go through the machinations of a, a, a global war.
4: Sure, and uh, that's in war games. That's in uh, the, uh, the notion of you know this technological intelligence turning evil has always been part of science fiction. It's and it's in screen writers' uh, imagination. Of course, we've seen it in, in so many films. I mean, it's in the Matrix. It's obviously in
2: Terminator. Um, and I didn't even but, understand but, that Matrix. I never understood that movie.
4: Well. A, <laughs> <laughs> it's a, i was yeah, bored it's a, so i slept through half of it. it it's brilliant it's cheesy but it's brilliant um but but the fact is uh this idea of improving itself and learning and general meaning that it's it has no boundaries and it's emulating human beings so here so if we think about it i was going to tell you about this company salesforce which is a tech company oh yeah They also so. created an ai program a proprietary program and it it was supposed to be involved in languages but it ended up teaching itself how to map human proteins and it's it did it so well that the human proteins were effective in laboratories and but in and, and the, but the point is nobody knew it was doing it
2: so ha- i'm confused real- let's back up here because they have to be programmed doesn't somebody doesn't somebody have to be programming this how does it go from somebody coding and programming something to the code itself starting to do its own code
4: well, so what it is is that the whole idea of algorithms um, interacting using computers with data to solve problems is really a simple definition of artificial intelligence. An algorithm is a series of coded steps. So mm-hmm. step one, step two, step three, step four, and there may be um, a multitude of steps, and algorithms uh, involve computer codes that, when they're printed out, may be 5,000 pages long. So when you program a piece of software that, and you program it in a way that it can make its own algorithms that may be 10,000 pages long, there's no human being now... That can even can monitor it, manage time. it. Yeah, they can't monitor yeah, it, and manage it. Exactly. That's kind of a simple way. Yeah. But the whole idea of a of a mechanism that can learn and grow. This is what artificial intelligence. These very large, vast artificial intelligence, general artificial intelligences, are
2: doing. And that's why it's accelerated so much. It's shocking people. And it's extreme. We've got a minute left. It's extremely dangerous. And the minute we have left, what message do you want to leave with people? Because this is a, this is a, a, a way to really accelerate the end of our, 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 our nation and civilization.
4: All right. So the smartest people in this field are saying, let's pause it. That means unplug it while we still can and that way we can have proper discussions about boundaries and also national security discussions about hostile powers using this. So, yes, we have to unplug it is the bottom line. Absolutely. And, uh, and it's because it's growing so quickly and it's doing things that we, in secret that we, we just can't. I mean, Google's lost control of theirs. Uh, chat GPT people that have used it are shocked at it. It's in its fourth iteration, and they're working on the fifth version and I think it, and I don't think the people that are involved are smart enough and responsible enough. you know Stephen Hawking, who was one of the smartest people around, warned us about this mm-hmm. actually decades ago and if you think of a, a, a smartest person like Stephen Hawking, multiply it times a thousand and think of an entity with that kind of intellectual capacity
2: with no conscience and, and no morality and no except, no grounding principles uh, James's article is at jamesherson.com and that's spelled h-i-r-s-e-n thank you so much for being here my pleasure appreciate it frightening stuff you guys need to read this article all right we're going to take a break final segment of the Andrea K show first hour on its way
1: A.K. Dynamite in a dress or just Andrea K. whatever you call her. She's on the answer. San Diego.
2: Welcome to back to tonight's Andrea we show. Going to quickly go to some emails before we wrap up this hour. Um, Mo says, so Fox News did lie about all the cheating in the uh, 2020 election. Um I I didn't watch Fox during that time, so I don't know if they lied. I mean, Lou Dobbs and Maria Bartiromo, uh, from what I can tell... All that. What I here's the bottom line. From what it seems like, everything I've read, the hosts didn't necessarily themselves say that this was true. They just had people like Sidney Powell on to talk about it. I think if there were any hosts that that said they believed it, it was Maria Bartiromo and Lou Dobbs. And having an opinion is not a lie. So I I, I don't. It, it, you're allowed to have an, an opinion, even if it's wrong. What you're not allowed to do is is What is defamation is to communicate something that you know is untrue for the person, for the purpose of harming. Uh, another uh, person or entity, and it's got to cause them damages. Fo- I think what Fox had to do as a part of the settlement was say that they got some things wrong, but it was not a full throated apology or admission of lies. It did that? I'm not sure if that made sense, but anyway, I'm running short on time. Uh, let me read you a couple of other really sweet emails I got after I was on Real America's Voice this afternoon. Here's one. <laughs> Uh, it, the topics were the ridiculously bad Saturday Night Live non-binary new uh, character they had on the show Saturday Night who goes in real life by the name Meatbrick, Brick. And I, I did some serious mocking of that Saturday Night Live skit on today's Real America's Voice on Special Report. So Jason says, you're a manly looking woman. Okay, I've been accused of many things. <laughs> I've never been accused of looking like a man okay yeah, I, I wouldn't even worry about that coming <laughs> not at all this is this just goes to show how sad these little people are when they try to hit me hard here's the another one you are a dumb see you next tuesday this is when you know you're you're right over the target right you know you're irritating all the right people i want to thank you jason thank you so much for these emails and by the way i can see your email <laughs> i could so blast you back but that you thank you for the chuckles um one of the things that I did talk about today on, uh, it, it, but did you see that skit? I didn't. I don't watch Saturday seen, Night Live. No. And I, did, I,
1: I, I and I for the most part don't catch Saturday Night Live unless it's something worthy because the cast just isn't the same.
2: Oh my gosh, it was terrible. I didn't see it. It was only RAV's Real America's Voice sent it to me to prepare for the interview for today. I mean, I, where did Lauren Michaels die? Because Lauren Michaels, this brand has been destroyed worse than Bud Light. Because this is just—it used to be so funny. Oh my gosh, the Eddie Murphy days, the Phil Hartman days, um, Dana Carvey, Mike Myers. Oh my gosh, the, you know everything woke turns to poop, as Donald J. Trump would say. This was absolutely ridiculous. Um, anyway, stay tuned. We got hour two coming up. It will be time to have some laughs with Gary Quack, Quackenbush on the Quack in the Wax News uh, Legal Stories. Stay tuned. <laughs>